We're back. Hey, <laughs> and once again, for those of you listening out there, uh, ignore the production quality, audio quality, um, and uh, just general half-assedness of this podcast because that's what we do. And we're gonna pull some stories out of our ass today about concerts. So one yeah. of the few things about working in radio is you get to go to free concerts a lot of the time because your station is promoting them. So you get to put together bus trips or do meet and greets backstage to meet the artists. Um, sometimes you get to eat the free food and have the free booze. Um, sometimes, not all the time. Uh, depends how big your station is and how much money they threw into it. I was actually, I just got reminded of... Um one of the most bizarre shows that I ever went to, and I bet you have no idea who it was. I bet you can't even guess. Uh, Ted Nugent. No, about that age, though. Um, Actually, Matt older. Nope. David Lee Roth? Nope. Older? What the fuck? I, I got nothing. Throw me some bones here. What do you got? Uh... Ferris Bueller did his did a version of one of his hits in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Donkashane. That's the one from the parade? Yep. Oh, oh my god, really? Him? Wayne fucking Newton. Was that before all the plastic surgery? Now oh like no, a- this was after. This was about ten, uh, about 10 years ago at the Ooh. Genesee Theater. Um, near Chicago, and uh, the wasn't. I mean, everything I ever expected happened. It was um, a busload of people from this casino all showed up. A bunch of old grannies wearing Waniac shirts, and just you know him, him coming on stage and doing his karate moves and stuff like that. And the best part about the show was when a gigantic pair of underwear got tossed up on the stage. And he picked him up and just said thank you, and then Chuck met his drummer. Nice. And you know there was the obligatory like uh, Super USA moment where the whole band did uh, God Bless the USA at the end, and he had all the veterans stand up and everything like that. I mean the ones that you know could stand up. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of walkers in that place. I suppose. Yeah. I mean that's his. His uh, fan base goes back a ways. I mean, we got to... I mean, I still to this day will say that uh, Kelly Clarkson was probably one of the coolest people that I've met. Um, well, we, we got to her right when she won American Idol and she hadn't become like a household name or, you know, huge radio music star yet, you know? She yeah, was, well... The, her first show after American Idol was the one we did at, at the Lacrosse Center. Yeah, they booked it on the way up to, she was performing at like the Minnesota State Fair or something. Well, and what a lot of people don't know too about the Lacrosse Market um, is they use that, the Lacrosse Center and stuff like that is kind of like a testing ground for her to work on their shows. That's why they've had some pretty big acts come through there and they kind of use it as their, you know, they get all the kinks worked out of their shows before they go to, you know, big markets where they can charge 10 times as much for tickets. Like, wasn't Elton John there? Or was it Billy I Joe? Know, but 
I think it was I Billy Joel. I don't remember. The and last everybody... one I remember was Aerosmith, and they had to like reschedule it like two or three times. Oh yeah, because at uh, one point Steven Tyler broke his leg. That and then the the drummer set his hand on fire at a gas station somehow. <laughs> so they got they finally got him there, but it was at max capacity. They shoved everybody in there. And the fire department was getting a little wiggy about it. But, you know, they let them have it. But, yeah, so, like like you said, people go there to kind of, like, as a warm-up for a big market. Or sometimes, if they're in between big markets and they have a couple extra days, they just stop off in here, do a smaller show, make some bank, and then, you know, head off. Seeing uh, Marilyn Manson there, though, when the Christian Family Network was oh, protesting back in the I remember that. I remember like the newspaper articles and these psycho Bible thumpers were at like city council meetings just losing their shit. That was almost frankly, better than... They were, they were more scary than he was. Yeah, that was almost better than the show itself. Almost. Because that, yeah. uh, that was during Jesus Christ... And, or, you know, Antichrist Superstar. Yep. Antichrist Superstar is that tour. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was... It was amazing at the time, even though apparently he's a complete shithead now. But yeah, um, I mean, back then everybody thought, you know, it's like Alice Cooper. You just assume that they act like that. It's just the show. But apparently, you know, as time goes on, he was a super gigantic, evil douchey freak. Yeah, I think it's a classic example of someone like becoming their character. Yeah, true. Did you ever read his book, Long Hard Road Out of Hell? Yeah. I actually liked it. Actually, at that point, reading that book, I had some respect for him. Yeah, yeah, I mean... And then after the Columbine thing, where they interviewed him, and he's like, what would you tell these guys? He's like, I wouldn't have told them anything. I just would have listened to them. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's something that nobody said at the time. They were, you know, we're talking about, you know, all the bad influences of society, but no one was actually, actually asking kids what they were going through. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, especially true now. With uh, Christ, I am so glad I didn't grow up in the age of social media, even though it makes me sound like an old piece of shit. Uh, get off my lawn! And the age of internet tough guys, that may be one of my biggest beefs. But let's go back to... Yeah, what the hell? We were talking about concerts and shit. Jesus, man, we really went down uh, a weird path here, didn't we? I told you, we've got unlimited space now. We can do whatever the hell we want. Nice. Nice. Uh, All right. So we talked about Kelly Clarkson, and so we got to do a meet and greet with her. Went backstage, and we actually we asked her to go down go downtown bar hopping with us, and she wanted to go, but her handlers were like, "Oh no, we got to early start tomorrow." Sorry, sorry. And she's like, "Oh, sorry, guys." Well, and that was only wanted to go party. So did her band, and that was that was the thing. Is I was working at a smaller bar. I was DJing at the. Uh, I don't even remember what it, it, it changed names a couple of times, but a smaller place. And it was, it, the show was on like a Tuesday night. And I just basically said, Hey, look, we'll close the bar for you and your crew and everybody else that wants to come down. You know, you don't have to worry about all the other weird shit, you know, people hounding you and stuff like that. And that's why they were into it. That, that got shut down. You know, I just did think of another concert too, though, at the Lacrosse Center that was amazing. Actually, it was Def Leppard in about year 2000 when she came, when they came with Joan Jett. 
And uh, Joan Jett had actually just shaved her head that day, um, was so drunk that she got booed off the stage. And um, Def Leppard actually stopping in mid-song when a, a chick flashed the lead singer. <laughs> he just stopped the song and went, thank you. And kept then they kept on going. Nice. You know, and I, I'm a big fan of just watching a drummer with one arm. But... Well, yeah, how could you not be? I mean, we want to talk about the hairdresser concert story and what a... Just, I guess, I don't can't say nightmare. It was a bizarre experience. No, it was just... It was, yeah, it was bizarre. So anyways, we... We had a bus we were taking to the Twin Cities, and Pepsi had bought a shit ton of tickets for Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera. And this uh. was like a joint tour between the two of them. And so we had a bus full of people, and um, the stunt bitch from the heavy metal station across the hall came with, under the pretense of he was going to come and find some material that he could use to make fun of the next day on their show. Um, so anyways, and then a couple of the other staff, like the office staff from the building came with, and so we get up there, and we were super early. So we found this pub like a couple blocks away and just ate these monster cheeseburgers and ate a bunch of french fries. But we ended up having a bunch of extra tickets. And so the stunt bitch guy's like, here, give them to me. I'll go scalp them. And we're like, really? He's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's scalp them. I mean, we're not going to use them. Might as well make some money. So anyways, he goes out, comes back, comes back with a couple hundred bucks. And we're like, holy shit. He did it. Yeah, and, really. The one, know, like, the, one, stuff. the one time that anything at that, anybody at that station did anything that benefited us in any way. <laughs> So we're like, well, we can't keep this money, so what should we do with it? I'm like, well, let's buy drinks for people on the bus, you know? Of course, we had some of ourselves. And I remember we were drinking, was it like double Windsor and Cokes or something? Well, yeah, and that's kind of how I decided that was going to be the only way I was going to get through that show. And, you know, the, the that was, I think, the first show I had ever been to. You know, they talk about the Beatles stopping touring because they couldn't hear themselves over all the screaming. But it was the first yeah. show that I had been to, like when Timberlake came on, that girls were screaming so loud you couldn't. And this was a big venue too; it was at Excel, and yeah. um, it it was it, it actually was almost loud enough to make my ears pop. I mean, yeah, because this was right after he you know he went solo off of Insync. It was his first album which had a couple of hits on it. It's before he did Sexy Back. I mean, at that point, then he was a fucking, you know, monster solo artist. And it was also when he had just broken up with Britney Spears. And when he did Cry Me a River, he did a little, I bet you think this song is about you, you bitch thing at the end. Yeah. And the crowd just went nuts. But I think we were actually tipping that bartender there at Excel like 10 bucks per drink too. But it was hot as fuck in that place. We were just sweating like dogs. And then we're, we're about five doubles in each. And we're like, why are we not drunk? I mean, no buzz whatsoever. And I'm like, Jesus, did we eat that much food? Or did we sweat it all out? Like, where's that fucking buzz? And you know, now, I, I just like... <laughs> Let's just say, and, and right about now is when we, uh, we had some people that were part sponsors of this ticket thing 
um, from a salon. <laughs> and um, enter those girls. Um, they, they were having a hell of a good time. They came to party. Very drunk and could... Did they actually find the bus to get back or did we have to go find them? I don't even remember. Uh, I think we... We lost them, but we found them. It wasn't too far off. And the the bus trip back. (laughs) Well, everybody was pretty much exhausted, drunk, passed out. You ended up with, like, a hairdresser passed out in your lap. Yeah. Yeah, after I think she licked my face at one point. And, you know, because I'm faithful and stupid, I didn't do anything, you know, about it. But very much could have. And, you know, probably maybe you've made this decision that doing something like that on a bus at an event sponsored by the station would have been a a bad career move. (laughs) Anyway, where else are we going with this? Hang on a second. I'm going to adjust my audio here. Hey, it's better now. All right. Can you still hear me? Yeah, that's actually better. Oh, all right. The hands free went off because somebody tried calling me on the phone. Anyways, um, oh, so so, yeah. Just to, you know, so, some more concert stuff. Like um, I remember, like when I first got a radio, I was actually doing meet and greets with country stations, and we do like these county fairs and stuff, and these events done by like the Lions Club. And when I was a kid, we used to go to country shows. It was more like the Grand Old Opry, where the audience just sits in the chairs, and all these old country singers come out and do a couple hits, and they come out and do a big finale at the end, kind of like the Love Boat. And so when we started getting to like in the '90s with contemporary country, it was more like rock and roll shows. And Toby Keith was playing um, in this town called Cashton. And so he comes out on stage and suddenly all these young women just rush the fucking stage and they're all just hanging up there screaming and yelling and woo yeah! And I'm like, oh my God, this isn't a country show. This is a rock show. You know, this is years before, you know, some of those guys like, um, who's the country singer that's, that's got the rum? Um, Kenny Chesney. Um, oh, you know, that yeah. guy kind of, you know, Garth Brooks, before they kind of turned their their concert experiences into these big like rock and roll extravaganzas and shit yeah yeah and the fact that I mean Toby Keith's probably playing in Cashton now <laughs> oh he's probably doing Vegas or something uh, I don't know he made his money he's got all he needs or remember, he's, like, he's busy buying like an American flag manufacturing company or something like that or red solo cups, you know, whatever. Did but you go? Being... Did you go to Kid Rock? No, no. I actually was sending messages to somebody that was at that show, and said, you know, ten bucks says that there will be uh, like a gigantic Confederate flag there within oh, the geez. first ten minutes. <laughs> and he said, "You're on." Like he didn't take the, you know, he he didn't believe me. And I just got a message back because apparently a gigantic one unfurled behind the stage. Thanks to the only thing that I would ever thank Kid Rock for was Emba. Oh, nice. I remember seeing Ted Nugent and doing a meet and greet with him. 
And that guy was just such a tremendous cock. Oh my God. Before he comes to the meet and greet, he has his handlers come in and they hand everybody his his hunting gear catalog. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. so he comes and, he, and he's signing these things for people and you got guys in there like they're meeting their first rock star and they think this is a big deal. And I'm like, what a D-bag. But just like the the smirk on his face and just the attitude, I mean, it just... I, you know, at the time, I'm like, you know, is that for show? You know, because you want to give people what they expected. You know, if you see Kiss, you want to see him in the makeup and the big ass boots. You know, if you see Ted Nugent, you know, I mean, maybe you don't, maybe you do want to see him in a thong, or maybe you don't. But at least you want to see the swagger. Well, and, you know, I mean, this is also coming from the guy that wrote songs about having sex with an underage girl. <laughs> Uh, well, back in those days, you know, different states you're in, you know, it's legal. You know, Rango Starr wrote a song about 17. Uh, what the hell? Winger, he did a song about 17, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just that Ted Nugent seemed especially proud of it, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he still does. You think we're going to get sued by Ted Nugent now? Uh, no, it's, there's, there's, he's got nothing to get out of it. The best he can do is a cease and desist. Well, yeah, and he's got nothing that I would want that he could take. Like why I've said before, if anybody wants to steal my identity, go nuts. You're only going to improve it. <laughs> All right. So, concert stories. Anything? Oh, I, I met Pat Benatar. She's about knee high to a hobbit. But probably Foxy. Oh, at the time, yeah, totally Foxy. But oh my God, she didn't need a microphone. She could just fill up an entire auditorium with those pipes. Kind of like Christina Aguilera going back to the Justin Timberlake thing. You know, she she came out, she did all of her hits, but then she did this old Etta James song at last. Oh, yeah. That's a tough song. I mean, even Beyonce couldn't nail that one. But, you know, Christina Aguilera just fucking killed it. And I'm like, okay, I give her cred now. She's got the chops. She can do that stuff. You know, and the only thing that kind of bothered me about that show was you remember how many, like, small kids were there. And oh, yeah. that show, her show was straight up porn with like the half nude dancers humping the was stage. That before and, Dirty? Was that because Dirty was like her that was, second or third album? That was right around that time. And yeah, it was, it was, I mean, for me, fine. Granted, there were all these girl, like middle school age girls wearing tube tops and stuff screaming for Justin Timberlake, though, too. And, yeah. the, and their moms. Oh, the moms. So, concert stories. We'll uh, take some of those, too, as well. Uh, 507-703-6934.